0: serious one joining you
1: live from the world championship 2023 in barcelona the living legend podcast
2: these ones are um young kasai so these are the tokens going out to patrons so they can use these for heavy hitters limited if they would like um that's nice and it's art obviously by uh this is the concept art for vea uh, done by Crobius. so yeah Oops. really cool um and with that i guess maybe nice we, maybe we can just jump into the podcast if you guys want to yeah why not if you are already <laughs> yeah. might as well how's it going everyone and welcome <laughs> yeah. to another episode of the living legends podcast for the audio only people i'm showing off this cool vea promo that i give to my uh well this month goes to my uh patrons i give a different uh red zone rogue token every single month it it alternates sometimes it's well is flesh and blood but am i really dipping into other stuff anyway um <laughs> not the tangent immediately um welcome we're gonna hear you're here to talk about flesh and blood i'm gonna introduce my two co-hosts here let's start with uh bill this time how's it going bill how are you doing today
1: i am doing pretty well uh it's gonna be a pretty busy weekend unfortunately not for flesh and blood purposes but um mm-hmm. i know there's a lot of people going to uh pre-releases because i mean this is the weekend to do that so uh for those of you who did because at this point you will have already gone i hope they went well for you and uh for engagement bait down in the comments who did you play uh and how did you do we're interested to hear how uh also just how you're enjoying the set in general because that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today as well yeah but uh we're yeah. going gonna to be giving our first
2: impressions of the set, talking about the set in the grand scheme of Grand, Ar- uh, grand Archive. Oh, my God. That tells you where my brain, <laughs> tells you where my brain is right now. It's
0: brain. <laughs> um, tell you where the, the grand
2: scheme of uh, where, where Heavy Hitters lies in the flesh and blood ecosystem and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, speaking of uh, the flesh and blood ecosystem, hey, Az, how are you doing?
0: <laughs> An absolute constant of, of, of the flesh and blood <laughs> ecosystem. When uh, when getting pissed and having fun is concerned. Speaking of which, am not the sure hell? if the audience can hear this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the the
2: funny, you? the funniest part about that is you lagged right as that happened, so no one will oh, hear really. anything. I didn't even hear anything. It was just I don't know if oh. you can hear this, and then just nothing. And I'm and
0: then just nothing. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe it's the noise cancellation on Discord. But I'm uh, I've got a uh, a large Sapporo Ooh. beer today. Obviously, in uh, in um, it's massive. It's like the size of my head. Look the size of it. It's massive. But Sapporo is a Japanese beer. As
1: has a pretty big head. That's right. I do have a huge
0: head. <laughs> um, can, can
2: relate. Have to. Most hats don't fit me, so I understand.
0: But um, but yeah, I, 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 as Bill said, uh, when people are hearing this episode, obviously you would have already gone to your pre-releases. Um, so let us know in the comments below how that went, what cards you pulled, and whether you had a good time. What your thoughts are about this set. And, yeah, just mirroring what everyone else has said, it's going to be a pretty casual conversation today, true Living Legends fashion, about our thoughts on this set in general and uh, the parallels between this and others. Um, but um, I should be going to a pre-release on Monday. Um, okay. So next podcast, I might be able to speak about it. But it just depends, because I'm, like you, I'm flying out to a different country on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um So... Just depends whether I can fit fit it all in or not.
2: Yeah. When when do you get back from that, by the way? Because this might actually affect the next podcast. Because I was (laughs) I was thinking about this. Um, I don't get back from Japan. I'm there for almost a full week, so I leave on a Wednesday and I come back on a Tuesday. And then we're not counting the weird time difference because Japan is technically like a day ahead of where I live. Yeah. Um. So when when are you getting back, As?
0: I'll get back on the following Tuesday. Same. Okay. Um. Yeah. (laughs)
2: So I would be willing to bet, depending on what we can schedule. So no announcements here. The next podcast episode will probably be delayed by a, maybe like a day or so. Well, we'll see how we can shake it out.
0: So um, if we can, if we can shake it out that I'm in the United States, you're in Japan, and yeah. Bill's in Canada, that'll be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I uh, have to, we'll have to change all the overlays for that episode only. Like I've got USA, Cal's <laughs> <Kel's> got Japan. <laughs> um, I, yeah. But yeah.
2: Well, I'm not even bringing my laptop, so it'd be some weird jank thing on my phone or something. I don't even know.
0: Like, yeah, yeah that could be done.
1: So, could just yeah. do uh, just just me. Just yeah, be just, like hi just everyone. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be like be really funny. really That'd good be funny. because there's
2: been a good number of episodes that it's just like me or as. There's been one. Has has there been one that was just yeah? It was just you, you, you two guys. Uh, yeah. So yeah, let's just Bill, just Bill. Um, just so, me. It'll just be the, living legend, one, the one, living legend podcast. One,
0: one.
1: Yeah, singular. The one. The only guy one.
0: Podcast. The only one that matters. Podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean that it could be possible if if uh, if Cal's got a jank set up on his phone, I can. I'm taking my laptop, so I could record it um, on my OBS and then just send it to you. Um, we could somehow yeah. uh, um but yeah it might be delayed because obviously you need to use to you would still need to upload it etc but mm. that is mm. deep living le- living legends scheduling law going on at the moment
2: yeah i figured it's probably important for people to know if it's going to be delayed anyway so yeah um, oh, absolutely yeah probably delayed like a day or two or something something like that but rest assured we will yeah. have an episode at some at some point um yeah. it's just uh you know we're doing a little bit of traveling, little little travel shuffle here, um, yeah, and uh, definitely. yeah, it's gonna uh, be it's gonna be fun for folks uh, out there if you're listening. Um, I will be in Japan in Akihabara for a full week, so if you are if you live in Japan, I am bringing three decks. I'm being bringing a Flesh and Blood deck, a Shadowverse deck, and a Gra- uh, and a, a Magic deck actually. Um, yeah, I'll be hanging out in some card shops and you know going around and stuff. So yo, if you're from Japan. Hit me up, maybe we can meet at a card shop and play some games or something. And then likewise, if you're gonna be going to uh is it Hartford, is where you're going as? Yep,
0: yeah, so um I'm gonna be going to I'm gonna be going to New York City first for two days. Um so I'm going to New York City first, maybe hit up a store there, depending on how jet lagged I am. I wanna do like a day tour of New York on the Thursday. Maybe well, hit up a cool. game store. Yeah. Um gonna to go to the top of Top of the rock, like top of the Rockefeller Center, so you can see New York City. Get some cool shots for a Vlog and stuff up there. Um, so yeah, doing going to do New York City and then go go to Hartford, which is the SCG con. So like you as well, I'm going to be uh, going to be taking a flesh blood, flesh and blood deck, obviously as Um it's going to be heavy hitters sealed the whole weekend, basically, um, as well as some you know, battle hardened CC stuff. But then I'm also going to take a magic deck as well, because there's a whole magic event going on as well. Um, so it depends how much time. I'm not sure if I'll have time to play any other game because yeah, this is, I'm really, really excited to play this set because it just looks awesome. And I was watching, mm-hmm. um I was watching a Spanish pre-release today from the Fabratorium uh, folks. Uh, I met them at worlds. They were part of the, football game thing um and yeah there's you know Victor looks ridiculous you know his helmet looks absolutely insane like how he can how he can block certain things and draw a card because obviously his effect um Cassio looks really really good uh KO looks it just looks all looks all really really good just no one's like pure overpowered more than anybody else blocks really really matter it's just yeah it's just thrown back to welcome to rave i really really like what i've seen of it so far and all the heroes look viable Apart from apart from maybe Ryunar, because Ryunar is dictated by your your sealed pool, because you have to have oh, all the stuff. Um, but everything else is really, really solid. Um, really looking forward to playing, playing some.
2: Yeah, me too. In like several weeks when I get get back, maybe yeah. depending on the events that are going on in in Akibar, maybe I can go to a Japanese go to like a Japanese uh, event yeah. that has heavy hitters or something like that. Um, that would be interesting. Um, but uh, yeah. So if you're in, you know, the calling Hartford or whatever, go go hang out with the Az.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah, true. Yeah, come, come and. I've got special Hartford tokens. I'm going to be giving out as well. So, uh, so yeah, definitely come and say hello if you see my mullet and mustache. Um, nice. This is basically how I'm going to look look on the week. So,
2: yeah. I, I. That's a good place for me to make this comment because i was actually just thinking how we all have different permutations of facial hair in this episode so as just <laughs> yeah. has a mustache i have like minus a mustache so i have like a little goatee beard kind of thing going on and then bill has both of ours together so if you just add add me, me plus as equals bill um <laughs> yeah which i think it's funny cool. how that
0: works out isn't it Oh, yeah great. and we've all got semi-long hair as well so we all sort of meld yeah. into one essentially
2: yeah. <laughs> mine back down to shoulder length after getting it cut like a month ago or so yeah
0: um,
1: an absolute classic yeah brilliant it's all good except bill's not wearing but a yeah. black black shirt today what the hell man
0: what's going on
1: i'm i'm just we're uh getting ready for halloween that's the that's uh, the point. yes
0: yes yeah uh, solid <laughs> prep um <laughs>
2: I think I guess yeah. that's uh as and I's like week in flesh and blood. Bill, do you have a a week in flesh and blood you would like to to recount for us?
1: Um not not as much. Um yeah, I was supposed to be going to some pre releases, but uh this weekend just ended up filling right up for me. Um so mm-hmm. like the the pre releases are also kind of at awkward times at the at my LGS's, like um there's one at the one that I was supposed to hit up today, uh, only starts at five PM.
0: That's pretty So late. just
1: kind of like yeah, and like, I don't know, I've I've plans with some friends and stuff. So um yeah, it it just ended up being a little bit awkward. Um I did and I think I mentioned this during our last podcast, I did uh pre order myself a case because I had store credit still. Nice. So uh I am still looking forward to that. To uh that'll be like my first actual hands-on for for heavy hitters but me too um oh actually duh i've um i'm still in the process of uh recording our um our heavy hitters set review with tommy fresh mm. we we're gonna do the remainder of it yesterday but both of us just had a really long week and we were both really tired so instead of uh and he actually said what we should do instead of getting ourselves really tired and kind of wanting to get it over with and having another oh uh warmonger's diplomacy is upf only whatever who cares good night um he's like maybe we'll just split it into a third part so we have a second part coming out soon and then there's going to be a third part i don't know if he's going to mix them together or not but uh that's been really fun too and uh there there was one card specifically um it's a common cycle for brute guardian that is uh, just instant speed. Discard this. Create a might token. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Whatever. Um, I think it's pretty low on the on the scale. This is like obviously kind of a, a spoiler, but I love when Tommy just like comes in with, "Hey, on by the way, this is what you're not thinking of for this card and for that one specifically." He's like, "If you're playing this in Rhinar, this is just instant speed. Discard this on your turn. Intimidate." Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for Bill, the this love is love like. <laughs> Instant speed discard make two mites for KO. Like, oh damn! <laughs>
2: yep. Yeah, for the for the red. Actually, for for KO, it's all of them. But yeah, for the I think it's yeah. a three for seven for red, and then three for six yep. and three for three for five. It's a it's a cycle. So there's a one for each class permutation, and they all make a different uh, token. So there's one that
1: does like agility, one that does um, yeah vigor. The, yeah, the agility one specifically looks in, insane. Um, yeah, like agility is to me. I, I think it's really funny that they've essentially said that like with the design of the cards, they're saying that all of the tokens are weighted equally in importance because like you have the three for seven, that instant speed discards to create a might token. And then there's also three for seven discard create a, um, an agility token. And I'm like, I don't think plus one attack has the same <laughs> yeah. value as go again. To yeah. Mostly yeah. like, <laughs> I unless, feel like it's then, more valuable.
2: <laughs> unless you're playing yeah. like concuss or something where you can get that plus one
1: value, you know, yeah unless yeah. you're playing the sus concuss that's correct yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I
0: and mean, there's a couple i think there's a couple of cards in the set which say if your power's greater do an extra thing so i guess those mights <laughs> will come in come into play i think there's like rising power yeah oh no sorry if you've drawn a card this turn it gets plus one but there's other things as well that say if you if your power is greater than its base you do you do extra things so i guess it just depends on what your pool's like i guess if it's yeah. sealed at least but yeah the agile wind up the discard this create an agility that one seems to be getting out. So I saw a lot of that on the Spanish pre-release today. That was a good one. Um, yeah.
1: That card yeah. seems very good. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think and that's worth worth in the think the common well. seems really strong. I think that whole cycle is yeah.
2: like pretty solid. Really? Yeah. 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 Good, good seven. I mean, Cause they're all like baseline three for sevens, right? For the reds. So that's mm-hmm. like just low worst case scenario. You attack for seven. Pretty good. Um, And yeah. you know, three for sevens are just like great equity. Um, you see that a lot in the set too, right? You see a lot of, uh, it feels, it feels like, uh, definitely feels like, um, they learned a lot since Welcome to Wraith. And of course we've had, you know, new people on the design and development team like Brian Gottlieb who, you know, have had, you know, added their influence as well. So it, it really does feel like, um, an evolved version of, uh, Welcome to Wraith in a lot of, in a lot of respects, right? Because it has all of the Welcome to Wraith, uh, classes except for Ninja, um, and so it's essentially like Welcome to Wraith, you know, I don't want to say light, but it's like it's like Welcome to Wraith 2 in a lot of regards. And I've seen this sentiment a lot among uh, people, uh, Flesh and Blood fans, um, you know, out in the wild. And, uh, yeah, you know what? I, I, I very much agree with it. I think it's uh, pretty pretty on the money. Um, pun definitely intended with uh, <laughs> the, the... All the gold of, tokens. Some of the core mechanics of the set. Um, so, yeah, that's... Oh, go, ahead, go
0: ahead. I was going to say, for, from what I've saw as well so far, you know, every class has every class has agency in the game where something else doesn't. You can't just run like an outsiders or uh, like a Teplo daddy fatigue pile. You can't just do that in this in this format. You're better off you know trimming the fact having 30 to 32 good synergistic cards rather than just running a pile because you know each mm. class has different agency others don't like obviously you got betsy that can overpower on a stick you got warrior that can attack react over the top to close out games you know it's there's a lot of there's a lot of cool things in this set which sort of act on a different axis where you can't just run a pile uh, and hope for the best so i yeah. think that's i think i think a lot of people have also said that as well which is good.
2: it's It's something that I talked about when we first saw the the heroes. And that was one of my first impressions was they've added some sort of evasion to every class, right? Not every hero necessarily, but every class has some sort of evasion mechanic so that you can get around the fatigue piles. And it, it feels like a very, very mm. conscious effort. And it's something that I definitely want to ask Brian Gottlieb about when we have him on mm. the cha- or on the podcast to talk about heavy hitters because uh minor sneaky announcement Brian Gottlieb will be, of <laughs> course, joining us again uh here on the Living Legends podcast to talk about heavy hitters. Um sometime after Az and I are back from our, our, our journeys, right? And that's uh, basically all Brian and I have hammered out right now. Just sometime after I'm back. Well you know, mid mid February, something like that. But um that's definitely one of the one of the things I want I really want to talk to him about is uh, the design of heavy hitters from a limited standpoint and from breaking down those fatigue piles. Because I think that's one of the worst things about Outsiders. Uh, you know, Outsiders is my favorite set um, of all time. And one of the worst things is Outsiders sealed could just end up being like a, just a
0: pile, right? You just you do a fatigue pile. Um, mm mm-hmm. And I think also another another big thing about that as well is that obviously there are so many weapons in this set. You know, each each character has a weapon they can swing. In Outsiders, you have the Ranger issue where they can't actually swing a weapon. So you just, Rangers can just lose to that strategy, uh, whereas you don't really have that in this, do you?
2: They added a... It's interesting. So yeah, that's true for sure. But some of the weapons break, which I think is actually like very, very interesting. So they added like a risk reward mechanics so you have the the parrying uh, sword that you can block with and then it breaks you have the rare hammer that if you whiff on it it gets minus one attack uh counters Mm -hmm. so it's actually really interesting they added kind of like a risk reward thing so it's like you know you can have a more powerful weapon now but it could break and you could risk not being able to you know swing it later. which i think is, is pretty cool um i really like the design of heavy hitters from a limited perspective and that's personally where most of my thought has gone into it um and yeah you know here on the podcast and my own videos um but uh yeah i think it's uh, really cool and i can't wait to talk to brian about it um
1: yeah i I'm, I'm a big fan too even um again specifically those um the instant discard create a specific token I really like what those represent as well from a design standpoint for the set, because um, each of the classes have two uh, tokens that they really care about Mm -hmm. that are like part of their game plan. And so having hybrid cards that bridge that gap between the two, uh, I think makes like the limited environment specifically like sealed a lot easier because you have a hybrid card that, you know, the token that it makes, They'll always have like, okay, well, you, I want things that have more attack than their base, or I want to do multiple big attacks, so I have go again, or I want to attack my weapon, that sort of thing. Um, I I really like how simplistic that design is, and also how um, impactful it ends up being. Like yeah. they're really really clean designs, uh, and I'm really I'm really happy that they're in the set because it's um, it, it basically a home run for me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah you're. Yeah. Yeah, that actually makes me think
2: of two points that I think could be interesting to talk about. Um, so I'll tell you the two points, and then we can talk about each of them separately. So one point is, it really does feel like they have a cycle of... Well, like, a lot of cycles in the set, right? So they have, mm-hmm. like, the discard mm-hmm. cycle. They have the create-a-token cycle that are all, like, you know, booze-themed. Um, and there's, like, yes. several of these kind of things throughout the set, which I find very, very interesting. It's not something that they've done all that often, and... Um, you see them using a lot of the, you know, the cycles here. And what I would what I mean by a cycle, if you're new to Flesh and Blood, because something that I'm finding, a lot of people who play Flesh and Blood are new to card games, uh, just in general. A cycle is cards that have um, like sister or brother effects throughout multiple different classes or talents or whatever, right? So the discard cycle would be all of them are three cost, seven attack cards that have instant speed. Discard this, make whatever token. And they're all there's three of them. And there's one for each of the class pairings, right? And that's true for the alcohol cycles, what I'm calling it. Um, they're all, you know, dual class, make a whatever two tokens that your class cares about. Um, and I do believe there's a couple other uh, similar cycles. There's like a, the, so there's there's like some wager ones and um, and all that kind of good <laughs> stuff. Um, and then the second thing that I think would be interesting to talk about is um, dual classes in general. Um, and how that fits into Flesh and Blood going forward, um, especially draft draft sets. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'll talk about the first thing first. So the cycles like I just think it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any point to, to make on this, but um, I, I agree with what Bill said. And I think it's interesting and I think it's kind of cool that they're adding these kind of cycles especially for like a draft set so no matter what you're drafting you can be you know you can be rest assured like oh i have access to this um and since they're all dual classes right you actually will have access to two of them so if you're playing guardian you'll have access to the the guardian brute one and then the guardian warrior one which i think is um, Mm -hmm. super super interesting for um for limited so um i'm a big big fan of it
0: Oh yeah, I absolutely love them. Obviously, the the alcohol cycle is good. That I think I think those are just uh, singular class, though, aren't they? They got warrior, guardian. Yeah. They just they just yeah. Uh, the...
1: Yeah, I was gonna say they they make both of the relevant tokens. Yeah. Um, for that
0: class, which yeah. is
1: really strong, I think. For yeah, I mean, it... I think the one that I'm least impressed with is the brute one, but the other two are really really good.
0: Um, yeah. Because they make
1: agility tokens. Ha <laughs> Oh yeah, agility's
0: maybe... the agility's the the op i think yeah. um but or, yeah, i like the I no, like the guardian the... one doesn't sorry <laughs> Yeah, the guardian one makes uh vigor and might doesn't it um but um yeah these these blue ones these uh, like goblet of blood run wine uh smash alehorn um those those sorts of ones are pretty good because obviously they're they're a pitch card but if you draw that in your first turn you can just you can just play it And just get the stuff for your next turn you know it's a great setup a great setup card on turn one and similar to those discard cards you know if you want to if you want to just create a load of tokens by discarding it on your first turn you know that your next follow-up turn is going to be even better um so they're good they're actually good to draw into on your first turn especially um the ones that create tokens another thing as well is the big massive Guardian attacks, like the big, like, is it called Big Bop or something else that just says, I mean, there is a Big Bop, there is for sure. There There is is a Big Bop,
1: bop. that's for sure.
0: There's definitely a Big Bop, but yeah, there's a lot of things that you can, because on, you know, turn one, turn ones are normally like, right, I'm just going to swing this at you and there's no real, you don't really get anything out of it. On, in this format, you're creating tokens for your follow up turn. So there's a lot of cool sort of turn one plays that you can do as well in this, in this game. Or uh, in this format, which I think is quite cool. But yeah, yeah. the cycles are part of it. Yeah. Uh,
2: the other one that I was thinking of, and I, I did mention it, but the uh, the wage. So there's the there's the wage cycle that they're all. These ones are all dual class, and they all are three cost, uh, seven attack, six attack, five attack, and then you wage whatever they want. So there's wage might that where you wage a might, and then there's wage agility and wage vigor, um, all common. Uh, same with the the alcohol cycle, all common. So these are like definitely like draft. Uh, I don't want to call them signpost cards, but like definitely like draft, like cards you want to consider with draft. Same with the instant speed discard cards. Um, yeah, cool stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I like that they're doing these kind of like uh, cycles for draft. I, it feels like that's a big part of why a lo- you see a lot of people like really really. Um, high on heavy hitters limited so far and i feel like mm-hmm. stuff like that really goes into it uh, it feels um very smooth i think at least uh on on outlook right it feels like a really smooth set to draft
0: um so you have yeah, a lot of, like, like oh yeah go ahead the the agile windups for instance they just play well into every archetype like the yellows and the yeah. reds are just great because they're above six. But if you're the KO drafter or the KO sealed pool, the blue five is just as good. You know, you've got so many options spread out across these cycles and across these other cards that that's why it feels to me that it's just so much better than everything else. And that's what dual class does ultimately open up for you is a lot more options and a lot more ways to make the sealed and make the draft more, more consistent rather than just a pile of cards. Yeah, Um, and so
2: I think I can go into the next point, and that is Mm. just dual classes, dual class cards in general, right? Um, And it's one of the things that I can see parallel with Outsiders, and one of the reasons why Outsiders was so much fun to like play limited, in my opinion, especially draft, is the dual class cards. Um, And it felt like, you know, at the time, it felt like Outsiders it was a very unique thing. To Outsiders, you know, you had a bunch of you know assassin dual class cards, but it kind of feels. You know, two, two really isn't uh, a pattern yet, but it definitely feels like they're potentially leaning this way for draft sets, um, including a lot more dual class cards to smooth out the draft experience. Right. Um, and I, I'm, I'm here for it. You know, I think it's a great idea. Um, it does open up deck building as well, like uh, like constructed deck building. But for limited, yep. I think is really, really where it shines. Um, what do you
1: guys think about the dual class stuff? I think, um, as of yet, I've, I'm not super sold on them as, um, being like constructed cards. I haven't seen any that are really like, I need to play this other than, um, things like the, uh, the the codexes. Yeah. But those really only get played in like in Ranger. Like they are dual class cards for sure, but it feels like Ranger can get more value out of them than assassins can. So, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that i don't like them because like we've like you've just said and like we've been saying i think it smooths out like limited and sealed formats so much mm-hmm. because now like like um you had mentioned uh, just a little bit earlier kel but like you have the if you're playing brute then you have the brute warrior and the brute guardian hybrid cards to work with to add to your deck in addition to brute cards and generics so it just gives you an overall higher percentage of the total cards in the pool that you can add to your deck. So instead of having situations like in, um, I think it was Uprising? That was the the limited uh, set that I remember seeing the most amount of people needing uh, Cracked Bobbles, because they're like, I only have 20 playable cards hmm. for my class. <laughs> Everything else sucks. I need like I need like eight cracked baubles there were piles and piles and piles of them um so just to give you you know more opportunities to think about what you want to put into your deck instead of just being like these are the only cards that matter and having your deck just be this is what i got cool whatever um yeah i think that overall makes the experience better and i think that's probably one of the reasons why people are so so high on the limited environment and I'm really happy to see that. I'm not myself a limited player, but I know that it's really important uh, because it's a fundamental part of how people enjoy the game. And I like to see when people are having a good time. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think once again I have, no, I have another two points <laughs> from what you said. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll cover the the constructed one first. Um, I think yeah, I think I agree that there's not like any standout like slam dunk winless slam cards for constructed formats like that are the mm-hmm. dual class cards here. But what I really like about it is they're option to print that if they wanted to, um, and that enables them to print a very powerful card that is slightly more open than just a generic card, right? So they could, could, mm-hmm. for example, print a, like, Brute, Warrior, E-Strike, right? And it's, like, on the power level of E-Strike, but only Brute and Warrior can play it, right? And I think mm-hmm. having that option is really good. Um, it's, the, it's the way to limit the card without just making it a generic, and um, I think just having too many powerful generics is and a weird problem for, for Flesh and Blood just in general. Uh, so, like, being able to narrow it down a little bit, I think, is good. Um, obviously, the most mm-hmm. narrow you could be would be, like, a specialization. That's, like, the most narrow you can make a card. It's like, you can only play this card on this one hero. Um, but opening it up a little bit beyond that, I think, is, is cool. This is, like, a, a medium in between a talent and just a sing, like a class card, right? Um so yeah, I, I think I think this is cool. And so I think it really opens up design space for them to print powerful, powerful cards um, but narrow them down a little bit, which I think is cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, what was the other thing I was going to say? I don't remember. <laughs> there, there's
0: another thing I was going to say too. Um, but... Yeah, well speaking of uh speaking of cards that are powerful, there was a there is a there is a guardian CNC in this in this set, isn't there? It's called Command Presence or something like that, which is basically a command and conquer for Guardian, I think. I mean, um yeah. oh, what was it? I mean there's also the I think that's what it's called. There's
2: also that brute one that Bill picked in his top five for the last episode too, that just yeets a card from yeah. the arsenal, like on attack. Um Yeah, that card's crazy. <laughs> our card's that card's sweet uh yeah, some really really good cards in it's this. gonna be yeah. really annoying i i play against a lot of brute players so i know ian is gonna play that against me in the next like month or so and it's just gonna be like all right fine <laughs> um fine send, send packing is the name of the card yeah yeah
0: yeah that's um, the one
2: yeah. yeah it also like blocks for three and pitches for yellow which is like it's just
1: for two like yeah they're they're making a, like it, it keeps being a meme but at the same time it took them so long to start printing cards for brute that have block again yeah like there were st- <laughs> there were so many for the longest time that had just no block value like not even zero not even two just just blank <laughs> yeah
2: I, th- I mean some yeah. of them are in the set actually i think um there, there's like uh where is it they reprinted some cards that don't have like bear fangs yeah it's, oh, yeah. Uh, it's one wild of them. ride Wild Ride, yep. So I think it was a thing they were like, okay, one of the flavors of Brute is a really strong and they hit really hard, but they don't have any defense. And it was like, cool flavor, but um, the cards aren't strong enough to actually warrant warrant
1: that. Yeah, um, but also now we're dying, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's it like pushed Brute into this weird, th- this weird format uh, where you kind of needed to win on like turn one or turn two. Uh, otherwise if you let your opponent do anything you just kind of died because your entire hand was full <laughs> of no blocks
2: I mean I don't know if there's a hot take but it just they just felt like bad guardians for a while right it's just like guardians that also made you jump through hoops and also had cards that didn't block at all well guardians are just like I'm just gonna pay three and attack you for eleven anyway like I'm a guardian herder. yeah like yeah <laughs> all of all yeah, of guardians yeah.
1: cards still block <laughs>
2: yeah and they also make you discard cards and have dominate for some reason um <laughs> yeah (laughs) welcome to guardian um yeah well i'm glad that brutes are maybe getting some some better cards here um not only some three block attacks but some three block non-attacks too which is uh which is also a little wild so
1: yeah as what do you think of uh of hybrid cards do you have any any spicy takes or hard and fast opinions
0: uh just what in general yeah yeah um yeah i think i think they're i think they're really really good for um for, for mainly the purposes of you know if, if if lss are now looking down the the route of oh we want every set to be draftable this is obviously something that's working for them because it allows them to smooth over both draft and sealed because all of the feedback for this set has been you know this is the best limited environment we've ever had um and i think that's also down to the fact that this set has this definitely has more this definitely has more hybrids than outsiders o- outsiders just had the codexes right and no, maybe a no few there,
2: there was a a big handful of them but uh, they were all hybrid with assassin though so it was like assassin plus something else right there was oh, no yeah. there were no
0: ranger ninja cards um Whereas with this it's every wedge, isn't it, as such? As Yeah. yeah. And and we have yeah. like
2: like I mentioned, we have the, the cycles of cards that are for all of the pairings. Um it really does feel like they want it to be super equal and even footing in from like a limited perspective. Um and flavor wise, yeah. I think um, I think it works really well. <clears throat> and I can definitely see them yeah. this is jumping into the weeds a little too much. Uh, I can definitely <laughs> see them doing this for the 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 touted all arcane set. I can definitely see them being like Here are the three arcane classes, Wizard, Runeblade, and Necromancer or whatever. And it's like, there's a pairing for each of them. I can see like a Necromancer Wizard
1: card or a Runeblade Wizard card. Um, Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Brute Shaman. Brute Shaman. I know you're talking about two different classes having shared cards, but I want a Brute Shaman. Yeah. What's actually actually really
2: (laughs) interesting about this is I think this is a great way to do it without having more dual-class heroes. Because I think dual-class heroes add so much more baggage, right? They add so much more crap that you have to think about in, in terms of, like, constructed power level. In, like, a limited set, obviously, in in the draft environment, it's probably really cool and easy to balance, but in, like, the wider scale of Flesh and Blood, a game that has no traditional uh, rotation system outside of just cards getting too powerful and hitting Living Legend, or just getting banned, um, I think dual-class heroes have their own thing going on and I would be very surprised if we saw one anytime soon that wasn't very um I don't say nerfed hampered like the emperor right the emperor is a dual class but he's got a significant downside you can only play mm-hmm. red cards and um yeah. and even then he's still like pretty good in blitz right he's and he has only like 15, pretty good and he has only like 15 health so huge downsides and he's still really good so I imagine if they ever printed, like, just a vanilla hero, like a warrior guardian, right? Or whatever, whatever combination with no ability, I bet they would be busted. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm glad that they're approaching it from, like, this kind of perspective. And I think it works really well. Um, And, uh, yeah. I mean, some people whose opinions I uh, genuinely respect are calling this, like, the the best limited environment. Uh people like uh good good buddy of the, the show uh, DM Armada. And uh you know, he's he's a flesh and blood old timer like me, who's been around since Welcome to Wraith. And uh yeah, yeah. if he if he's saying like this is the, the best limited environment, um you know, I respect his opinion and I'm inclined to, you know, agree to some to some extent before I play. I, I have not personally played Limited yet. But mm-hmm. I'm going to be playing a lot. I want to do a lot of content on this. This, this makes me excited for content, right? I want to do, like... Uh, they don't have Crack Shuffle play, but I want to do, like, Sealed Pools. I want to do that uh, Sealed UPF game where we start with the, with the death match in play. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, oh, that's going to be fun. I, I <laughs> kind of want to add a couple... I'll talk to the crew once we assemble the crew for it, but I kind of want to add another rule where no two people can pick the same hero everyone has to be a different hero I'm, I'll, I'll i'll run that by them when we get to the time yeah, yeah um i think it could be interesting to do that and we'll have like a like a like we'll, we'll like draft heroes right um so we'll like roll for it, and top seed will pick the hero first and yada yada anyway <laughs> uh after we've well i don't know i'll talk i'll, I'll think about it anyway we'll see <laughs> my point is this gives this makes me excited to play flesh and blood um which is not really the case with the last two sets. I don't want to be like a doomer, but, um, (laughs) like bright lights and, uh, dust hold on are kind of cool sets. Right. But they didn't like really make me want to play more flesh and blood. I was like, it it kind of made me want to be like, Oh, I I kind of want to build like a prism deck, but it was more like a meme deck. Right. Um, and then it was like for for bright lights. It's like I wanted to play Crack Shuffle play, but that was about it. But uh, this it actually makes me want to play like a lot of Flesh and Blood. I want to do Sealed? Hmm. And maybe you want to, I want, kind of want to build Kasai like for Constructed. Um, and that's one that's of the, the thing.
0: Yeah, it's one of like with, with these draft sets. If you're you, you, they're introducing f- what four new four new heroes? No, five new heroes, isn't it?
2: Uh, yeah. There's only one reprint hero. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, so, you know, you're introducing so many more heroes. and I think that's what they, they have promised that they're going to introduce a lot more heroes this year. So that's only going to refresh people's perspective on the game as well, because the more heroes, the more characters you introduce, you know, whether they're ridiculously powered or not, that just refreshes your interest in the game. You know, I have only been into Azalea. I started off on Viscerae, but, you know, Azalea has been my main hero for the last bloody three years now basically and i I suddenly see a character that looks like bloody achilles from troy because that's you know (laughs) in in the back of my mind i love that sort of you know greek roman sort of aesthetic you know the 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 more heroes they bring in from different sort of you know cultures and backgrounds and aesthetics the more refreshed people are going to feel rather than just oh okay here's prism again you know all the prison people are loving life and stuff but you know apart from that vincent was the other the other hero that was introduced whether you vibe with that or not that's fine but there's only two heroes in Dust till dawn only mm-hmm. three in only three in um bright lights but when you introduce five it's just like wow okay this is you know i just think there needs to be more heroes i'm just i'm just very very yeah. excited that yeah. yeah. Sorry to cut you. Sorry to cut you off. Um, right, I going to say something. I'm sorry. I
2: had a thought and I just uh, it just escaped my mouth. Um, go, for, go for it. So, so a while ago, um, a bunch of so okay. To preface this, there's some content creators for Flesh and Blood like come and go, and those of you who have been been around for quite a while might remember that a pretty big like uh, gaming streamer. I uh, used to cover Flesh and Blood, and uh, his name was uh, Noxious. And uh, Noxious was a a friend of mine, a really nice dude. Um, very, very, like, um, technical-minded person when it comes to games in general. And uh, one of his... He doesn't do content at all anymore, uh, let alone Flesh and Blood content. But um, one of the things that he was talking about that he was... Uh, like a critique of his of Flesh and Blood, and I do agree with this... Um, because I definitely don't think uh, any game is beyond uh, constructive c- critique. Is that the game didn't have enough heroes or equipment? And he was like, "I just want more mm-hmm. heroes and equipment." In fact, he was at the point where I, I, I do believe he was saying something along the lines of, "He would be happy if they released like a product that was just a bunch of heroes and equipment, um, just to expand on, on that kind of stuff." And uh, what Az was saying really reminded me of that, and I agree. Um, one of the reasons. Well, we've said it
0: on this. We've said it on this podcast as well. To uh, interrupt yeah. you there this time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. We, we've said it on this podcast before. Or I think, or I think maybe I have. I don't know, but um, I, I would love a, I would love a whole set that was not part of their draft set. That was literally hmm. just a bunch of weapons. You know, like an armory set where yeah. you just release a, bu- a bunch of weapons. Some of them are crap but it doesn't matter because you can just mix and match and again it just keeps the game fresh for not only the competitive minded people that want to brew with the new stuff but also weird and janky stuff as well right like a random spear in the set which makes me want to build the dynasty warriors character that i posted on twitter a few weeks ago you know hey
2: i i want spear girl like the uh, from from shift the Tide of battle you know give me spear girl and give her like an awesome spear or something um that's like why a... people like
0: oh go ahead. Yeah, yeah. that's why that's why people like commander and stuff because it's mm-hmm. so it's so customizable that you can just think of a fantasy character or think of the avatar in your head that you want to replicate and you can build that hero to play with basically I
2: mean, every it single like that. every single game that I play has some sort of avatar character even magic I really only play um commander yeah but like flesh and blood grand archive Uh, Shadowverse, you have like a leader in Shadowverse, and in Grand Archive, it's even more customizable than Flesh and Blood, to be honest. Because in Grand Archive, if you don't know, you have uh, your element that you choose. So you can choose fire, water, or wind, and you can mix that with literally any character in the game. So you can have like a fire warrior, you can have a fire assassin, you can have a fire wizard, and then, or a water version of all those, a wind version of all those. And I love that kind of stuff. So you can make whatever you want, right? You're like, oh, I want to build a water warrior or whatever and then you can do that. Um so having more options like that for flesh and blood I think is 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 really good. Um yeah. They just more options is great. Um and also more heroes helps to alleviate like the living legend problem too. So yeah. like just having more options per class cuz they've been pretty conservative, right? Cuz like let's let's be like super honest here. Some Class-talent combinations might as well just be specializations, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. every Shadow Brute card at this point might as well just say Leviathan specialization on it, because she's literally the only Shadow Brute in the entire game. And having more options for that kind of stuff, I think, will, you know, deepen the deck, you know, buildability for for Flesh and Blood. Um, So I think in terms of that, we're still really early in the game. Um, And I would like to see more of that, Uh, more combinations and more options um yeah um and then some oh, of the some of the stuff is like unplayable too like mm-hmm. do you like elemental ranger tough you cannot play any elemental ranger card in cc now because lexi is the only one and same is true for like uh you know light well no no light illusionist you can now but yeah uh, elemental guardian is the other one i guess uh, can't play well anything from tales of aria actually <laughs> Uh, pretty much now that I think about it yeah. Um, so yeah I more 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 stuff uh, please so I do like the direction they're going I really hope I really really hope this is a sign of things to come I really hope that um, uh, bright lights was more of an experiment rather rather than something we'll see too often because I thought it when, when it came out I thought it was interesting I'm like this is a bold move only having a single class for the set and I still feel like that it was still a very bold move. Um, I thought the set was cool, but um, I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of desire to like play with it all that much. Cause I like, mech's cool, but all the items are like fiddly, and they all kind of blend together for me personally. And it's just, I don't know, it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, but heavy hitters. Yeah, Yeah,
0: having... yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? You know, heavy hitters is like a, it's a familiar theme. It's a gladiatorial arena everybody knows what that is and you know that 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 comes with a you know a, a selection of heroes that all all look different and and it's just it just yeah it just gives everyone I think a bit right. of a refresh yeah yeah
2: variety is the spice of life and i think it really proves it when you have bright lights and then heavy hitters back to back um and i'm 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 not even someone who mainlines any of the classes in heavy hitters right, right? but it's still right. way more interesting so, to me cuz it's like oh i have options and i when i draft i could you know draft you know different options even if i'm warrior i can do olympia or kasai or whatever like i think it's i think it's just good and smart and i hope they continue this trend we have two more sets this year um i wish it was four or i wish it was three more sets but we have two more sets this year and mm-hmm. um i hope i hope they follow similar veins right i hope, I hope we get like my my, my hope And this is something I'm going to make an entire video on, but my hope and um, prediction for the next two sets is we'll have a mysterious themed set. And my hope is that it's similar to Heavy Hitters. Three classes, six heroes, or something similar to that. Um, And then the all-Arcane set um, with a similar thing, right? And I think if we have that, you have, like, so many different heroes with a bunch of different flavor and a bunch of... Like, I think that would be, like... The ideal year for Flesh and Blood for me to to, to have that right. If those are the three sets, and they're like, you know, six ish new heroes per set, and there's like a bunch of classes. Oh, see, that's that's what I would like. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Maybe maybe you can pepper in a new class into one of those. I don't know, but um, mm-hmm. I think that would be my ideal, my ideal year for Flesh and Blood for 2024.
1: Yeah. You know what this sounds like? What you're describing. Uh, Crucible of War. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> we need more Crucible of War.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean... We cr- do.
1: Crew... Yeah, the the expansion
2: sets were interesting. I think they're doing a good job of providing relevant um, cards for supporting heroes in the expansion slot. I think they're doing that mm-hmm. pretty well so far, and it feels like that's their intent. Um, like, doing that instead of, like, the expansion... And I think it, it I think it's great, uh, on a couple different levels because it allows them to prevent or print like relevant cards rather than just a bunch of like bulk that you're never gonna use. Like Dust Hold On. Because 'cause I'll be honest, <laughs> I couldn't tell you what most of like the commons and rares from Dust Hold On do. Like I don't no. know, man. Like Like you just show me a random Shadow Brute card from it that's like common or rare, there's like Less than a ten percent chance I could tell you what it is and what it does. Um, I mean, they
0: could still. I mean, with, with, with a set like that as well, which is like a thematic set. Even though I don't really know where the story was going with it, but
2: <laughs> I can tell um, you where it ended. But it was a cliffhanger, so it's kind of just like a. Hmm,
0: maybe we'll see yeah. what well, happens. The, uh, well, in the in the new Fluke Box interview with um, with James, he did say that they've uh, they've sorted that out now. They do have like a writer in play now, mm. so. Um, I think we're going to see the dividends of that very soon. But um, yeah,
2: I mean, like buddy of ours, Kale uh, from Dead Summer Art, was applying for that writer writing yeah. position. So I assume that's I assume that's what uh, he was talking about, right? That that was yeah. the writer.
0: Um, yeah. Hopefully- Kale, if you listen to this, mate, just uh, just carry on. We know we all know you're very very good at what you do, and uh, obviously we'll be doing the D and D session so very soon. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: Hopefully back. Um, hopefully when uh, As and I are back from our travels, or at least yeah. the most most recent travels. I have more travels coming up, but we'll fit, yeah. fit it in. We'll fit it in.
0: Where yeah. was I going um, with? I was saying something about Dustal. Dustal. Oh, dawn, uh, light, you're talking writing. about the
2: lore, lore of Till Dawn. All oh, right.
0: Yeah, so, so the, 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 the sets that are basically thematic sets, like, oh, okay, this is the War of the Monarch now. We can tie, just, you know, haphazardly tie this into a Monarch draft, but you can now use the Light and Shadow cards. You could still do that later on down the line. If you want to do, like, a thematic yeah. set, which was, you know, a thematic set that was based in the pits, for instance, you could tie that or tie that into the old Outsiders thing as well. They could still do stuff like that, but I sh- I would just prefer that it's like a bonus set rather than the main the main set. If that makes sense, you know, how, give us more of the draft sets with five new heroes in, please. So we're getting fifteen plus heroes a year, you know, yeah. and that's gonna in a few years' time, that's gonna there's gonna be so much selection. It's gonna get to that point yeah. where you can just build whatever you want for days, you know, and. Even characters, you know, characters. Even people like me that like one character. I mean, some people mean um, you are
1: characters. a character.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Um, eventually, there'll be there'll be well, there is. There's an Olymp- Olympia guy in in there now, which I really really like and I resonate with, rather than just the dominatrix. There's now like a, a chiselled, long-haired fella with his <laughs> with his chest chest out that reminds me of Achilles and the 300s Schneider vibes. You know, yeah. it's all there for me um i
2: half expected you to be like eh, who just reminds me of me you know I just wake up look in the mirror every morning i'm like oh look at this absolutely that is Ad- my adonis
0: that is my goal for the, that that's my goal for this year is to look like olympia <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, exactly that's a, a I mean. good goal <laughs> exactly lss thank you very much for giving me olympia i can plaster that to my wall and i have to aim for that every day <laughs> I just need. Um, oh, I'm drinking beer. Whoops! Oh, dear. I just need oh, like no. a good,
2: long-haired, roguish dude with like a dad bod, and then you know I can cosplay that.
0: And that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Is, is
1: Warty Therianto, please? Like, please give it to Like me.
2: slightly overweight, and just like he's just like I don't yeah. know. Samyang, just... direct
1: that into existence. Make it happen. Uh, make it Damn. happen. But yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep, make a
2: uh, yep. character, I don't even know, but some something along the lines of uh, Kel Syndicate Bookie. <laughs> just, <laughs> just all, all he does is just write, write in the ledger every day. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I agree with the overall sentiment for sure. And I think, um, I've, I've heard p- some people call Dust Till Dawn and... Um, and uh, bright lights like the homelands and fallen empires of flesh and blood, and I'm like, kind of. <laughs> it's not like, it's we're not that, that bad. All right, as someone who actually played Magic and was into Magic when those came out, which I was, I literally, my dad would buy me fallen empires booster packs from the store for a dollar fifty, um, instead of the unlim or the uh, revised packs because those were a little bit more expensive. <laughs> you can't the revised packs were like four dollars and he's like we'll just get the dollar $1. 50 ones they're all the yeah, same too right? much yeah they're all the same who cares um so um <laughs> i don't think they're that bad but at the same time i i would be lying if i said i was super interested in them i'm just like yeah they're sets sure angels are cool do i ever want to buy more boxes and open them not really
1: <laughs> not really yeah um like just with the collation recently, like buying boxes has been really rough. It seems as bad, though yeah. now that we have the information about the distribution for heavy hitters, that it's going to be a little bit more substantial. Like you're going to actually get something usually once a case. Uh, I think they even bumped up Marvels to once every two cases. Oh really? Um, hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like one in eight boxes has a Marvel. So one like every two cases, you'll probably get a Marvel, which is a lot better than it has been recently. Um, I kind of liked it it, it sort of flooded the market a bit, but I liked what um, it was uprising, right? With the, uh, the Marvel dragons. Yeah. Um, I like what they did because it was like one Marvel, a case and also one extended art, like the extended art, Phoenix, um, Phoenix flame cards, about one per, per box. I think even like they were pretty, they were pretty common to get. And I liked that
2: yeah the the rare Marvel dragons were like the, the Marvel yeah. dragons that the original rarity was rare seemed a lot more common, and then you had like the um like Dracana Optima and stuff were like the big the big chase ones, yeah, um, but that was, but that was having cool. like yeah,
1: yeah, having different rarities of Marvels, like having the rare dragons be more like um more available more around, I did like that actually. <laughs> it just felt better to have a box where you get one big hit and you're like, okay, cool. Nice. <laughs> Instead of uh-huh. there were a couple of uh, even cases that I saw of, I think dusk till dawn where people like didn't even get a legendary. They got like yeah. four majestics in a box and they were like, Oh, that cool. was it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like that feels so bad because like flesh and it blood really doesn't plays. even have like chase rares like magic does. Cause magic mm-hmm. still occasionally has like a chase rare here or there. Like if you're going to look at some of the newer, sets like you, you maybe you'll have like a, a cycle of rare lands that people really want like shock lands or whatever right um yeah but flesh and blood doesn't have that all the rares are like basically uncommons um yeah and so they're all just kind of like bulk unless you yeah, know,
1: unless there's like an old one that spikes like cash in or whatever um, but even like um even magic still has like <clears throat> uncommons that end up being worth yeah a couple bucks Beanstalk, like there are some bro. uncommons that are like yeah there are some that are worth like five bucks like maybe some that are worth ten even yeah and i just wish that there were rares that did that i don't i don't know i feel like yeah. that could happen um because especially with something like um like uh what's the down, down but not out that card yeah. is like majestic level six, in terms of card. power um well, the, the hats it's too. it's really good like all the, of the... hats are
2: so good yeah mm. <laughs> I think those are, yeah, right. it's a good step in the right direction. And I think it's like, yeah, it, it, it's great for single sellers too. I think this getting into another topic. Um, flesh and blood. You don't see a lot of single sellers for flesh and blood. And I think that's one of the reasons why is because like mm-hmm. a lot of cards just don't have a ton of value unless they have a, unless they have a ton of value. Right. So there's not a lot yeah. of like mid rangey type cards. It's either like it's worth nothing nice. or it's worth like 50 bucks. Yeah. Right. Um, and i think a lot of single sellers are just like whatever i'd rather just sell the boxes right i'll just sell like sealed product mm-hmm. and and that's it um
0: unless you have i guess unless you have the resources to buy so much of it all the time that you can just if to. someone come someone comes to you for a whole deck they can buy the whole deck and then you, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not infe- that's not affecting your inventory whatsoever
2: like um, yeah it has but to be like a, a lot though because yeah as like Bill i was said,
0: i was that
1: tier i was that tier for our local community when i was buying like four cases a set yeah
2: you had that's buy, just not
1: sustainable you can't even do <laughs> like, that anymore so though much.
2: like so yeah so four cases is like 20 boxes and i used to be but i used to buy about 20 to 30 boxes per set and after the last two sets this is more just harping on uh dust hold on and and uh bright lights but like Dude, I don't I don't even have close to a full play set from those two sets. I don't even have all the, yep. the heroes from or from Bright Lights and Dawn, actually. This true, sure, I don't I don't have an adult Vin set and I don't have an adult Max Nitro. Um, mm-hmm. after like twenty five to thirty boxes of each of those sets, which is insane. And the obvious answer is don't buy sealed, buy singles. And that's what I'm gonna do, which is unfortunate, I guess, and that's why <laughs> you don't see a lot of single sellers. Um, yeah, it just feels bad to spend like one to $2,000, uh, opening a product and then not even get all of the adult heroes. Um, and then having to go and buy like them for like a dollar 50 from TCG player or whatever. Um, it's just, it's only dollar 50, but it just feels bad to have to go buy singles after you've spent like two grand. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I compare that with other games that I'm playing. um, and it's, like, not like that for other games. So, yeah, the pull rates for Flesh and Blood don't feel great right now. Um, and yeah, yeah. the unfortunate downside... I do
1: think they're getting better, but we'll have to see. <laughs>
2: the, the unfortunate part about that is, like, I, I the way I would like it is if the pull rates are so bad, I would like the single sellers to at least be able to make money off of it. But the singles are still not selling for much at all. So it's, like, mm-hmm. it's bad for people opening boxes good for people buying singles like the the singles are cheap but it's bad for single sellers um so yeah i i don't know outside of a couple cards right there's there's probably going to be a you know three or four cards from heavy hitters that are like 20 to 40 dollars or whatever and then everything else is going to be like bulk to to like a dollar or dollars it, um, it
0: fact, just depends just depends on your area as well like i mean well, fluke and box for instance I'm gonna go to is uh probably. I'll find out tcg player <laughs> yeah but i mean there's a couple of there's a couple of single sellers that are doing well but obviously um box is one of them uh, but mm-hmm. he's selling to he's selling to the japanese market right now because of the fact that they're blowing up and just want all of their cards and he's in, based in australia so he can just send them send them everything they need basically um so yeah. but he's buying in quite a lot of things but as a singles as a single store yeah, cracking this, cracking a lot of flesh and blood does not feel good at the moment because you're having having to bank on the fact that this new set might have a staple or might have a uh, you know a, 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 a legendary that's oh worth God. quite a lot, but you still don't know the value of that right now because it hasn't been played in the meta, and <sighs> that's what decides yeah. the price.
2: My God, I, I'm looking so, at the bright lights singles, and it's brutal. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's brutal. The the master cog fabled. Thirty-four dollars. Um, yeah. <laughs> the adaptive plating, legendary, thirty dollars. The extended art, warband of Bologna, sixty bucks. Tunic is down to seventy. A lot of the extended arts are around the fifty-dollar price price tag. Um, shriek because shriek razors not twelve bucks. That
0: that set's done nothing. For yeah. Competitive play. Yeah. Well, These, there's, there's the a only couple, thing. There's a couple cards. There's yeah.
2: there's twin drive, which is about thirty dollars, which is kind of insane to me. Um, Tome of Imperial Flame, twenty-five, and then Already yes. Dead, twenty-two. But outside of those,
1: isn't Heist, isn't Heist still pretty good, or maybe that went down mm, already?
2: It's not on the first page, so it's, it's at least yeah. on the second. Let me check. Uh, Heist is nine dollars. Living
0: Legends. Yeah. Okay. So. Living Legends Finance Corner.
2: But like after that, it drops a lot. You have like some of the Evo cards, like Evo Soul cards, are like nine, ten dollars. Hyper X is eleven bucks, legendary, and then from there it's like four or five dollar cards. Um, yeah, not not How really much lost, is uh? Not.
0: How much is how much is Marvel tech love awesome these days? Uh,
2: he's he's worth a, a a big chunk, I think. Let me go back to the first page because yeah, like, I think like he's the
0: same pull
1: rate. Five
2: hundred bucks? Four hundred eighty. He's four hundred eighty bucks.
1: Yeah, he's like oh, about the okay. same pull rate as the Leviya, but he's just less. Um, yeah, less useful than the Leviathan. <laughs>
2: yeah, re- regular regular forty bucks, so like he... the regular one. But like, it's a very narrow set. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It yeah. just it just feels bad opening the Flesh and Blood stuff. And for me, it's like uniquely it's a, it's a unique case because I used to buy like so much, and then I was mm-hmm. able to. I think it was up until, if I'm being honest, probably, probably Uprising um or or dynasty i'd buy so much uh like you know 20 to 30 boxes i'd have a more than a place of everything so i'd be able to build whatever deck i want um mm-hmm. but and then and then outsiders i bought a lot of outsiders i'll be honest so i don't know if it's true for mm-hmm. outsiders but you know for me personally starting with dust till dawn um uh, opening like 25 boxes and getting one slithering shadow pete and, and then like i'm just like ugh yeah. like what the hell like I, I spent so much and I still have to go buy singles. Might as well just not buy sealed, or just buy singles, I guess. Yeah, that was um, a weird one. Yeah, well it it continued with uh bright lights, so well Yeah. Anyway, we've already talked about it. Bill and I are buying like one one case now. Um, I might buy two but for different reasons. They might be just like for limited and um you know, videos and stuff, yeah. but
0: it's like a, I'll maybe. Buy a few it's like a maybe. I'll buy a few packs for like, you know, sealed sealed streams or whatever, if I do them with you or whatever, or sealed UPF, mm-hmm. whatever. I'll buy i buy packs for that, but I'm just gonna buy I'm gonna get an Olympia deck. I think I'm gonna get the pieces I want for that, uh for, for Blitz and CC. C. Um, wanna build that character. But yeah, I just I just don't buy I don't buy too many cases and products anymore. Um yeah. Yeah,
2: it, it used but. to be more sustainable for me personally. I wouldn't sell everything, but, like, basically what I would do is I would buy a bunch, and then I would sell a lot of, like, the high-ticket cards, like, um, like, if I opened up, I opened up, like, three Dracana optimize Marvels or whatever, and they were selling for, like, close to 200 bucks, so I sold two of them, um, so I made, made a little bit of money back from that, and same with, like, duplicate legendaries and that kind of stuff, um, but yeah. now I, it's just not feasible.
0: Um. So,
2: yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily Ooh, speaking a bad of, thing.
0: Uh, but... speaking, speaking of uh, Olympia, someone on my Discord saying, at my pre-release, I hit the wizard card in the expansion slot and KO's specialization, nice. but it's all right. I ended up playing Olympia and going 4-0. Nice. <laughs> Congratulations, Andrew, if you're listening back to this. I know you listen to yeah, the podcast. Good job. Um. But, nice. um. yeah. I think, I think Warrior operates in quite a good space in... In uh, the limited environment, because there isn't many, because hmm. that, that, because Warrior has the attack reaction, right? So you have with mm-hmm. with this set, you have to block up front most of the time with block cards or you know actual attack attack cards or whatever non attacks. There's no d reacts in the set, so I think Warrior operates in a space like in the late game where you can really, if you've got those attack reactions, really end it um, quite easily. Yeah. I... so that's what makes me le- want to lean into Warrior. So. Me? Okay.
2: I have a question for everyone. So getting back to heavy hitters, um, to round off the, the episode here, uh, I have two Mm. questions. The last question will be what are our general thoughts on the set and general vibes on the set. But before we get to that, I want to go around the table and say, uh, what, what character we are most looking forward to playing in limited or constructed? Or maybe both, right? Oh. Uh, I think as
0: as is pretty already. Is, I've uh, answered this question like three yeah. times in the last <laughs> as, in the last three episodes.
2: As is a number one Olympia Olympia simp.
0: main, yeah, that's right. <laughs>
2: um, I think this for me personally, I think it's really interesting because in Welcome to Wraith, if we're comparing this to Welcome to Wraith, Um, Reinar is actually the hero that I draft and have had the most success with in Welcome to Wraith, which is funny because I don't really play brute uh, and constructed. But I've won and done very, very well with Reinar in the past. Um, so it's 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 this weird thing. Whereas like I try to every time I try to do Dorinthia, it's like a, a shit show. It's like terrible. Usually yeah. because I have to fight people <laughs> for the Dorinthia cards. Um, and then uh, Bravo is probably the second one that I've played and done well with. Uh, just because Bravo's hey no 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 shade on Bravo players, but Bravo's very easy, right? It's just like. <laughs> Blue cards, yeah. uh, pitch, dominate, smash you. Like I'm um, Bravo. Yeah. Um,
1: Punch big.
2: Yeah. <laughs> bravo. Draft good card. You know, draft a lot of blues and a lot of big cards, and there you go. Um, so, with that said, going into heavy hitters. I mean, I'm I like Kasai for both constructed and limited, and I want to play Kasai. I feel like Kasai for limited is going to be trickier because she, you know, you have to have specific cards. You have to have the reds and the yellows. Um, Plus, you have to have ways to give her attacks go again. I feel like in Draft, she's going to be really, really fun to build. And if you do it right, she's going to be insanely powerful. Um, And I think in Constructed, she's just going to be really powerful. Because she's got cost reduction and card advantage built into her hero. And um, traditionally speaking, it's very strong. I lost
0: Um, against Kasai on um, on Talashire the other day, a new one. Um, mm. And they surprisingly they were still using Blood in the Hands as well, and they still managed to get a Blood in the Hands turn off. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Because uh, how they get they the use, copper? I think I think they were using. I think there was something that did it. I think it was I mean, maybe High Striker. Uh, or... There's
1: Outland Skirmish, High Striker, and Spoils of War. So there's Spoils of War that that gives you copper yeah,
0: too. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. I think it was, it was it was I think it was one card. So I think it was one card they used to get the copper, and then they. Kill me cool. with blood on the hands. Well, didn't kill me, but it was a good turn nonetheless. But yeah, Kasai seems very good in constructed, yeah. but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, she um,
2: she's my pick for the best uh, constructed hero uh, of of the lot. But uh, I just want to play her. She seems yeah. cool. I like her character. Uh, she looks great, and then yeah, like, like her abilities seem really cool. So Kasai is the one that I want to play with the most. Um, if I'm being honest, like in terms of like limited play. I really would like to play Kasai, but I feel like she's going to be really, really tough to, to build in, in Limited. Um, I feel like Olympia in Sealed is probably, if you're playing War, he's probably easier to build because it requires just less of you, right? You just need wager cards, and there's a bunch of wager cards. Yeah. Um, and then I think also Guardian feels like, especially like Betsy, feels like on the easier side to build, right? Once again, you just need like wager cards. Um, whereas Victor, he... I don't know why he just feels like he's a little more. He demands a little more from you. Um, so yeah, I
0: mean his his helmet is is very good. If you're playing if you're playing defensively, his helmet is extremely good because you can mm-hmm. basically you can block for two on the helmet, one card from hand, and then you draw a card because you generate a gold. So you're effectively well, you can block with two cards from hand plus a helmet for eight, but then yeah. because you draw a card, you're only basically blocking for one card from hand. But still blocking eight which I, is ridiculous i feel sealed. Um,
2: if you open up any of the specialization helmets that that's a good indication of where you should look for your pool. exactly yeah they're all yeah. really yes. good yeah um yeah yeah so th- th- those um, th- those are my like hero thoughts i i suppose the brutes seem interesting too i think ko is like really really cool um probably pretty favorite probably pretty sweet for limited i'm not sure yet I'm not sure. I feel like I need to think more <laughs> to play. Oddly enough, I feel like I need to think more to play the brute than uh, the other two, which is like kind of an oxymoron. How but... does that
1: ever happen? <laughs> well,
2: because I think it just like requires more. Like you got to look at the the numbers in your deck and make sure you have like a high density of like five or sixes and and all you know for Reinar, like the intimidate and the beat chest stuff. Whereas like warrior, it's a lot just... of
0: thought to beat chest.
2: Yeah, where it's you're like
0: a lot of thought. to
2: but... you... feel. Feels like more demanding to make like a good deck, um, yeah. But and I think we saw that a little bit with the, uh, the, the, the 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 celebrational thing, right? You saw a lot more like Guardians Warriors, um,
1: but uh, yeah. Bill, yeah. what are your hero thoughts, desires? I I'm excited to play Olympia in Blitz, and uh, Ko and Victor in CC. Hmm. Um, i i think that victor's game plan is just really interesting his game his um just whenever you make a gold you draw a card you get like extra value off of wagers and clap um and he just seems like a really cool hero uh for ko i just love the idea of having a deck that is like three blood rush bellow and like tear limb from limb uh and what was the other one that i always talked about it's bloodrush bellow life. uh berserk um
0: yeah,
1: and uh and yeah tear limb from limb and have like those be your power cards and then the rest are things that have at least six base power thanks to ko's ability or yeah. five five base um, power yeah uh well they would have six total because they get buffed up yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah. i'm saying after his buff they're yeah, at okay, least God, six yeah. power like all of your attacks are um are active for your discards
0: Hmm. are um, you
1: running
2: are you doing like some spicy have you started a deck build or are you doing like uh, e-strikes or any like spicy little
1: five attacks here or there i uh will be doing that i haven't built uh, a list yet but that is exactly the the idea of just having oh yeah wild stuff going it. on e-strike I, oh. is a five which becomes a oh. six <laughs>
2: i think oh, no. i think ko is the hero that has the most upside of like if i look at your deck i'll be like oh that's sweet like i think he's got that going for him where you you can yeah. make like cool decks and uh just like really yeah. interesting and I, things. I, yeah
1: i love doing that so <laughs> having like spicy picks in your deck that people don't anticipate uh or that they've never considered before that's my jam big fan
2: <laughs> yeah nice. all right so with that said let's go around the table once more and just give our thoughts on heavy hitters as a set. Um, I know I personally kind of uh, doomed on the previous two sets a little bit, Um, but I don't think they're terrible. It's just like they're not, in hindsight, they're not really for me and didn't really get me all that excited, even though I was pretty hyped for them initially. Um, I think Heavy Hitters is really sweet and it it hits the notes that I look for in any card game set, right? And that is, it's really simple for me, really simple. Does the set make me excited to play with the cards or build new decks? And the answer with heavy hitters is yes. Like, I want to build a Kasai deck. I want to play limited. I want to have, like, some boxes of this just kind of, like, hanging around so I can crack them open and do sealed or whatever. Um, This set makes me want to play with the cards, and for that reason, I think it's great. In fact, this is the most I've excited for a Flesh and Blood set since Outsiders, but once again... As you've seen in this episode, that's not saying a ton for me, but I will say that I think I'm more excited for this set than stuff like, um, everything basically since maybe arcane rising, I like, well, before outsiders tilt to like arcane rising. I think it's like, I think it looks like a lot of fun and I think it looks like it might have legs, uh, in terms of like limited play constructed. I don't know, man, but like for limited, I think it it looks like a sweet one to have and just like bust out, and play with sometimes. So, yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty high on this set. Um, I don't know if it'll end up making my top list of my personal favorite sets. Currently, Outsiders and Arcane Rising are my two favorites. Um, not sure if this will. I don't think it'll break those two, but maybe it, maybe it'll come in the third. We'll see. Um, so that, that's kind of where I am with the set right now. Before I've actually played with it and and like really gotten into it. So I'm, I'm pretty high on it, right? If I had to give it a letter grade in terms of excitement, like a B plus A minus, something like that for me. Yeah. Yeah. How, how about uh, how about you guys? I We can toss it to whoever wants it to talk the most.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I will. Yeah, um, yeah I'm pretty excited for this set, especially again, going through, uh, like always, whenever I, I go through the set with uh, Tommy Fresh, And just start to see the design of it come kind of all come together. uh, It makes me like significantly more excited about the set. And I think just the classes that are getting help are getting help in really interesting ways where, uh, you know, they're bringing in mechanics that are. On their face and i think objectively as well they are parasitic but i think they lend themselves nicely to give the heroes that they're printing some like individual individuality some identity for themselves yes. um i agree whether or not they'll be able to then include more support for them later because the the mechanics don't fit necessarily as well we'll have to see if that ends up being the case but i do think the set is well designed and i think that some of the cards are just bonkers. I I really like what they did specifically with the uh specialization helmets. Mm-hmm. Putting that much value and um not like monetary value, like gameplay value in uh an accessible slot that honestly some some of these helmets sh- should be legendary. On, like I think that Betsy's helmet, good time chapeau, is just legendary tier. It's <laughs> so strong. <laughs> I don't want to like yeah.
2: cut you off a little bit, but like compare that to the hats from like bright lights just just do that just look look at the time chapeau and then look at the hats from bright lights and
1: yeah dude yeah it it's nuts how good these cards are um so i and i think that's a good thing for them to do because the hat slot is pretty barren in terms of having good cards for most classes so yeah. now not only do you have really powerful budget options, but they are also like the best in slot for these heroes. And I think that's fine. I think that's fine having something that's for a hero more powerful than crown of Providence, because something like that, something as powerful as crown should be an option, not the like the bare like this is the minimum. This is what you need. Agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with either more rare specializations or just pushing rare equipment to be, like they don't need to be generically powerful but if they're powerful for a specific playstyle, absolutely i think that's exactly where that should be um so yeah i'm i'm really happy with what the set is what it represents and how it was executed i think it's just a i think it's a really really good one
2: okay. yeah yeah 100 on the the hats especially like I already talked about how much I love outsiders, but once again, compare the the hats from this, the rare hats to the the hats in outsiders and it's like eh, it's, a, it's like night and day, right? One of them's obviously like draft yeah. chaff and the other one's like like insanely good, like legendary yeah. level. Yeah. All right, as. Nice job. What are your thoughts? Heavy hitters. Stinker. Cool. Uh Stinker, floater. I don't know.
0: Absolute absolute floater, uh, high in the sky. <laughs> um <laughs> I think it's I think it's really really good. Um, I like the fact that obviously Flesh and Blood, you know, caters itself on being a hero centric game. Now, what what have we seen in this in this set? We've seen hero centric things happen. Whether that's a good or a bad thing, like parasitic mechanics, as we've mentioned before. But as Bill said, was going to be one of my points, and obviously the the identity thing of resonating with a certain hero and doing certain things is limited to that hero and that hero only being very very unique and you know different ways to play printing new equipment that are this started in outsiders the azalea specialization crow's nest and now we're seeing uh victor helmets betsy helmets you know all of these things that are giving you unique things for your class is just i think the design space is going to be just really sort of capitalizing on that going forward you know having more specialization equipment so you don't have to run the the crowns and the stuff the 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 legendary cards that were best in slot for so long and i know i'm sort of reiterating on a point that you've said but it was something that i, that I was going to say anyway but i think yeah. it's going to be i think it's going to be a great way to go forward where you're not going to have that issue where lexi can run three of a kind you're not gonna have those issues anymore where you're gonna have these heroes that are running legacy cards, but they shouldn't be running those cards because they, you know, it's just too much. I think there's gonna be cards gated behind certain heroes. And even if those heroes are parasitic because they only came out with that one class, you're not gonna open up those issues for yourself anymore. I think they're starting to realise that now. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very excited to play with all of these sets, not only because there's heroes that I like but I just like the way it's going in terms of design space um, where they are gating it behind certain characters or, you know, there's pros and cons to building a class that's limited to that hero and that hero only but I think there's also very good things that come out of it. So obviously the more you think about it, the more pros and cons come out of it. There's a lot of things you can say about it but yeah i like the way it's going for sure
2: yeah he- heavy hitters seems to be and this is something i definitely want to ask brian about mm. like hedging their bets in that regard because like i've talked yeah. a lot about the parasitic mechanics but it's only like a couple of the heroes right um yeah it's it's like betsy and olympia but it, it really feels that they're doing a conscious effort between like okay these are the heroes that really only synergize with with heavy hitters but then also here's like Kasai and she's probably just going to be really good with any warrior card like ever. And then here's KO, same, same kind of deal. Right. He just synergizes with any five attack card, brute, brute stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so if you, I, my question to Brian is going to be like, was this done for like constructed balancing reasons? Cause it really feels like it's like, Hey, we're going to be limit these heroes effectiveness to like this mechanic. That's only in, Uh, heavy hitters like only wagering stuff whereas these other heroes are like they feel a little more more pushed for constructed for me where they're like you know you can jam whatever in Kasai Um, yeah so like I don't know I I think it's interesting and I'm curious to hear his answers on on that Um, I did also hear that I remember in the James White interview uh, on Olympia in particular Olympia had like multiple iterations um and they ended up just going with what he is now. So very curious to, to hear about like the actual design history of that kind of stuff. Um because he ended up being like you know, he's got like one line of
1: text, right? Um mm-hmm. so yeah. I don't know. Pretty simple hero, all things considered. <laughs> yeah. Which is not bad, but he's simple.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's you know, a lot of people said oh was to the payoff with gold, but gold is is pretty good if you've got blues. Well, which you probably which you probably aren't gonna have later on you can just you can filter float a resource and maybe draw into a red you know yeah. draw into the more high value stuff you know it's pretty I, good pretty good sync
2: I don't know how much of that is copium and how much of that is real um but James did say that or someone said there's gonna be a payoff printed at some point so I, I do remember yeah, exactly. them, I do remember them saying that like there's actually going to be a payoff printed at some point I you know probably in the expansion slot and the next couple sets or whatever um so yeah yeah i mean like and also there's cash in as well so like mm-hmm. go get your cash ins uh i'm actually curious how much are cash ins i don't pay attention to the secondary market for like any game that i play um so i'm gonna look up tcg player i'm curious to see if cash ins have spiked a lot cash in flesh and blood flesh
0: and blade. cash in
2: oh bro okay that's not bad it's a f- five dollar rare from Unlimited Crucible of War. Market price six fifty. Currently, the lowest listing is five eighty eighty five. Dude, I have. Oh, so- hold, hold on. I have so many of these. Like, <laughs> is it, like, I, is it I, rare? Is it? Yeah, it's just a rare.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, Okay, I might have a few of those then. But, I was thinking maybe I don't. If it's rare, I probably do have I, loads in a bolt box. I think I have like, <laughs> I think I have like, I don't know, like
2: thirty or forty of these things, maybe even more. <laughs> Like just in wow. the things, I, I specifically bought a playset of uh, foil ones when Arachne was spoiled because I wanted, uh, I wanted yes. the full fo- the foil playset for my assassin. So I have a foil playset, but um, yeah. And then the promo one, the cold foil promo one, the judge one is two hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. So hey, look now now you have a rare that's actually worth a couple bu- a couple bucks five. Oh, it, wow, it only baby. took. It's only like the third set. Like, uh, and it took a long time and being like out of print and pretty hard to get to, to be worth six dollars. Um, I hope everyone got their cash ins. Um, because I legit think cash in is like kind of bonkers with some of these heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, so when if we ever do like a constructed UPF game with uh, the arena in it, I'm definitely putting two cash ins in my deck no matter what, just <laughs> in case I kill someone and get to get some gold. Then I get some cash-ins. Yo, let's go. Oh, I can make a... Oh, I'm already <laughs> thinking of, like, a cool deck. Maybe, like, a... Oh, of course. A yeah, Contract Yeah, a hero. Deck. Yeah. Yeah. Arachne contract deck where I can still use the cash-ins for that or something. Oh, I don't know. That'd be cool.
0: Mm. Yeah. Very nice.
2: Well, yeah. that's... That's that. Uh, ending it off with the <laughs> with cash-in talk. Um, any uh, Arsenal step? Yeah. Um, you guys got anything going on outside of Flesh and Blood other than like the traveling that Az and I are doing?
1: Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going somewhere in like two weeks. I'm going to um, MagicCon Chicago. Ah. Um, so that'll be fun. That's like the second or third weekend of February. I forget which one. But uh, uh... it
2: is. is. I'm. It's like early March because I know this only because I'm scheduling a thing with my buddy, the professor, and he's like, you know, I'm going to be gone for MagicCon. And I'm like, Mm. no worries. I have a thing at the beginning of March, too. So (laughs) we're going to schedule it. We're going to schedule. We're scheduling our chat sometime after we get back, like mid-March or whatever. Um, Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, this is fun. So that's fun.
1: That's what I'm doing in a little bit, but right now, the only thing that's taking up my arsenal step is um, the sequel to Yakuza Like a Dragon came out ah, yeah. on the 25th, Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's really good so far. Uh, yeah. I really loved Like a Dragon, just all of it. It's a really fun RPG. I know it's not the beat-em-up style that people usually love with, uh, with Yakuza games, but I'm just a sucker for classic turn-based RPGs and uh, also with how silly the Yakuza, the franchise is. So yeah,
2: I'm I'm a fan. I bought uh, like the Yakuza when they were on sale, like a Yakuza trilogy. It was like Yakuza zero. And a, I played a couple of them. They're, they're fun. Yeah. They're weird. They're
1: supremely yeah. weird. Right? they super weird. And, and it's, big, I love it. It's, <laughs>
2: a, it's this fun juxtaposition where like, it's like kind of serious story mode and then just like really weird crap. Um, yeah Yeah.
1: there's a there's a mini game where you can play karaoke and so it's this really hardened yakuza guy singing dame Dame dane yeah Yeah. (laughs) um there's uh there's in yakuza i think it was in like a dragon it might have been in yakuza zero there's a slot car racing mini game where you can like you can customize your slot car and it has like quick time events and stuff it's really good
2: (laughs) i this uh haven't talked about it before but i'm a fairly big fan of like certain genre films and i really like like the yakuza and also like uh the chinese like triad crime movies there's some really good Mm -hmm. ones so there's like hard-boiled um there's some really really good ones and so those games really kind of scratch that itch for me um yeah yeah it's fun um yeah, that's,
0: that's I need awesome. to play these. I, I I need to play these because I uh, played. I'm showing my age now, but Shenmue. Did you ever play that? Oh, Shenmue. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a, oh that's my a god, game. Also, really kind of a weird one. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just so. It was just like, uh, for for its for its time, it was just absolutely innovative. Innovative. That game. You just you can you can just get a job. You can just go drive a forklift around. um yeah, To get can. to get money. And spend all uh, your money
2: on the gachapon. <laughs>
0: Just like Real exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, come was, on, yeah. G- give me the Yoshi. Uh, so yeah, I used to play. The, used to play the Yakuza games, and that turn-based one also sounds very good because I've been playing. Um, I downloaded the new Pathfinder game recently. Pathfinder, Pathfinder, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. Yeah. Um, which um, had some pretty good reviews, and I'm just, I just like, I'm looking for a few games to just sink time into, and that one apparently is like absolutely massive. Um, so. Uh, yeah, liking that at the moment, but um, yeah, that's it really. He's uh, um, download the Juicy games also.
2: Yeah, for video games, I'm still kind of like trying to finish out some games that I mentioned before. So I'm I'm up to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's one of the games that I bought a long time ago, never finished. So I'm kind of playing through Odyssey. Really cool. It's just so big and daunting. I think I'm at the point where I'm just gonna ignore all the side stuff and just mainline the the story, which is hard for me to do. Actually, I'm the kind of person who just I, I got to do everything Does
0: everything, and that yeah. game's
2: like too big. It is so big. Um, but I love the historical settings in the Assassin's Creed games. So uh, exploring like ancient Greece is really cool. Um, and yeah. uh, there's a, there's a new game that I want to check out that I'm going to pull up my steam real quick that one of my favorite YouTubers just did a thing on um, called enshrouded, which is if if you know what Valheim is, it's kind of like mm-hmm. Valheim, but with significantly better combat and um, more like updated really? graphics. It's only like 20, it's on sale for like 26 bucks. Um, and it looks like a game that I can maybe convince my partner Robin to play. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of like this open world medieval fantasy. Uh, I, don't, I really don't want to use the word survival, but kind of like you can build your own base and stuff. It's like Valheim sort of. Um, and you know,
1: like crafting sort of open world
2: yeah but it's like you can be yeah. a wizard you can be a warrior it's like very you know fantasy medieval kind of kind of setting and there's like a talent tree um it looks cool and um like i said one of my favorite youtubers Riker, uh did like a thing on it and i was like this looks sick and it's only like 26 bucks and so like when i get back from japan i'm gonna robin's off uh tonight in the next couple days so i might actually be like hey you want to play this with me so i might play that <laughs> uh the next couple nights for, for like video games it looks cool um and then also uh there's another game that recently came out that i'm probably gonna buy and play i've been waiting till i get back from japan for this one and it's the next game in the momodora series and the momodora games are uh, rogue or i'm not roguelites um castlevania like games right like metroidvanias oh yeah uh, yeah, Metroidvania. yeah and uh i love the other games the developers made the first momodora game as well as um Lost Ruins. Maybe, maybe they didn't make Lost Ruins, but similar. Um, very, 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 very good Metroidvania games. I have 100% completed, achieved all that for Momodora. So I'm very excited to play this one. Um, so, yeah, I will be doing that at some point. Um, yeah. And then, other than video games, I got... Uh, let me hold up a Grand Archive card. Um, I'm going to be doing some cool stuff with Grand, Grand <laughs> Archive when I get back from Japan. Um, hosting the uh, Starter Deck event in my Discord um, and I have official prize support from the company. We have a event kit. I have it just back, back over there and it's a starter deck event. So if anyone oh, is, cool. has any, any interest in grand archive, I'm hosting a 40 player starter deck event in my discord. Uh, haven't thought w- what pricing is yet. It was $15 last time. It might probably, it's probably going to be around that, but, uh, the quick, quick and dirty of it starter deck event. You can only play with alchemical revolution starter decks. Um, it is non-competitive pricing. I don't care how many times you win, how many times you lose, everyone is getting prize support, period. Um, all you have to do is play in all the games, right? Uh, that's it. And then I'm going to have extra pricing beyond that, and I've talked to my friend, artist, who also does art for Grand Archive, Hanchu, and she's going to be doing like a cool little sketch, and I'm going to turn it into little tokens, and so we're going to have like little tokens that are part of the prize support, and it's just going to be a fun event to teach people how to play Grand Archive, to have a nice casual time. The first event that we did for the first set was a smash hit. I sold out. We had a 40-player event. It was great, and i um, going to do that again. So, sometime mid-February. Oh, sh- shout out for my own little thing that I'm hosting, and uh, yeah. 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 Just the, It's the kind of events that I would like to see more in Flesh and Blood, to be honest, even though as we talked about Grand Archive, and we'll relate this back to the Flesh and Blood since we're a Flesh and Blood podcast. I'd like to see more events like that. Starter Deck events, non-competitive prizing. Yeah. And like... The best way to do non-competitive pricing, in my opinion, everyone gets something, no matter if you win or lose, and that makes yeah. it so that people aren't incentivized to spike and then dunk on all of the newbies. The whole point of it is to teach people how to play and to get more people in the game, and so that's what I'm doing. So,
0: yeah, I've done that. I've done that in the past as well. I've done the Go Again Gaming Open. I've done four of them, <coughs> uh, yeah, and they're, they're still they're, they're still on the channel as well. I've live streamed the whole thing all day. Um, so yeah, and, and they did, they did very well because of the fact it was, well, the first two I did, I did prizes for people that, that, that went into top four and stuff. After that, I scrapped that because, you know, you do get the spiky players that want to get the stuff. So after that, it was like rares and Commons, and then it was a commoner one as well. And that was participation prizes, so, like well, I, as you say, it just encourages people to just be there for the fun, and you know yep. maybe build a strange deck just to have fun with, you know, and refresh your your whole sort of interest in the game for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean that's that's an entirely that's an entirely other topic. We could go into it another time. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel pretty but strongly yeah. about
2: about those kind of events, right? I think they're great yeah. to get people in, making it a starter deck event unmodified, so everyone is on the equal footing. I'm even... I'm, I'm making it very casual. So, like, if you bought all three of the starter decks, dude, you can play different starter decks if you want. Basically, the way we're doing this is, since I don't care if you win or lose, we're not keeping track of that, is just we'll have three or four rounds. Each round will be an hour long, and you just play as much as you can in the hour. That's it. Like, if you yeah. if, if it takes you an hour to play one game because you're brand new and you're learning, I don't want to punish you for that, right? Um, So, like... Yeah. There you go. You could just have one round, um, like for an hour. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And like I said, we have official prize support from, uh, the grand archive developers, uh, just an actual tournament kit that you would have it like your, your, your LGS. We have silver prize packs, gold prize packs. Um, the long and dirty of it is everyone gets a silver prize pack. And then at the end, if you played all the the rounds, we're going to randomly give out the gold prize packs. Um, just raffle them off. I did it last time, and then I'm gonna support. I'm gonna have my own price. I'm gonna put like play mats and some other crap into from, like uh, some yeah. poncho stuff and yeah, yeah, just to make it fun. Um, oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Nice. I wish I could have more people. And I'm like I said, I had it's gonna be forty players, and it capped out last time. And I've had a lot of interest so far this time, so I'm pretty sure it's gonna sell out pretty quickly. It's all gonna be sold through my my uh, online store. Um, you will have to pay for uh shipping but it's just like super light shipping so i did that because i don't want someone it it can be really tough if we have a lot of people from like like international and the shipping is like 15 bucks right it's like that make puts me in the in the hole um Mm -hmm. so unfortunately we are going to be doing you have to pay for the shipping in the u.s it's probably going to be like two or three bucks but unfortunately international is going to be expensive uh and then people who win like Play mats and stuff I will foot the bill for that so if you win like a play mat don't worry about it I will pay for the shipping on that so anyway, yeah that's uh that's my little cool. my little uh my little spiel um yeah,
1: that's awesome yeah.
0: Fantastic.
2: it's it's one of those situations where it's like uh practice what you preach kind of deal so it's like I very big on these kind of events and if I'm hosting an event that's what I'm doing um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so. Lovely. Yeah. So uh, we're going to gonna end off here. This is going to be the um, last episode and you know, before Az and I do our travels. So uh, the next episode is going to be like mid, either like mid travel and it'll be weird or it'll be like post traveling. So I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about on the next one. Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And I uh, hope you stick around for that. And then later in february brian gottlieb on the channel talking about uh heavy hitters and then um just uh just more stuff we got it's gonna be fun yeah <laughs> at some Sounds point we're...
0: i wasn't i wasn't even on the last one the last brian the gottlieb one seems like a long time ago since i've had the pleasure of being in his company so that
2: yeah, I was, I was like three three months ago or so and then like uh who knows who we'll have on in the future probably sam yang um maybe we can finally rope james white (laughs) to being on the podcast no promises (laughs) no promises on that one um but uh yeah stick around for some more flesh and blood content here on the living legends podcast Uh, before we sign off today everyone shout out where can the lovely folks out there find you let's start in reverse order this time let's go with as as where can the lovely folks find your fabulous malay
0: malay Um, that's right so um go again gaming on youtube uh it's going to be quite a bit of stuff coming out in the next week or so because i'm going to hartford so there'll be the typical vlog style things where i've just got a gopro out filming people's faces um despite whether they want it or not um
2: (laughs) i just had an idea as we need to record i don't know how we're gonna do this we need to record each other calling each other in the respective places and then upload that somehow like or have it in the vlogs that we're both doing like you're in new york i'm in tokyo and we need to do like a cross thing i don't know how we do it but we should do that
0: oh it's easy yeah me and jim do it for the azalea cult spoilers so we can easily do a funny call um for it um That'll be, yeah, it'd be interesting. But yeah, um, so that'll be good. Yeah, we're all going to be, uh, well, not all of us, but we're going to be traveling next week. So uh, as, mm-hmm. as, as we mentioned, the, the podcast might include us in those locations, but it might be slightly delayed as a result of whether we do that yeah. or not. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. And um, yeah, on socials, going in Gaming AZ, that's where a lot of my raw thoughts go these days. Um, but, uh, but yeah, stay tuned for the YouTube because it's going to be a lot of the similar Barcelona style vlogs. Uh, travel vlogs that i do on there um so yeah that'll be good good fun
1: excellent excellent bill uh where can
0: everyone Guest.
2: find you
1: uh so i am bill uh from the spike feeders you can find me on uh twitter at uh, bill tsf you can also find me on youtube at the spike feeders fab we do live and gameplay content and if that's something that interests you you should definitely go check us out yeah definitely
2: yeah. definitely go do that. Um, I've been more interested in magic again than usual so i have caught some of the spike feeders uh murders at to karlov manor gameplay video stuff uh the set looks really cool i know there's a lot of flesh and blood players who just really hate magic but i'll be damned if the 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 set doesn't look cool um and i think it looks really (laughs) sweet
1: so i've I've been i'm actually this next weekend yeah next weekend i'm gonna be doing some cedh filming so that'll that'll be cool yeah um,
2: and uh, I'm Kel. You can find me everywhere at Red Zone Rogue. Um, talking about card games, Flesh and Blood, Shadowverse, Grand Archive. You can find me on the Bushiroad live stream on February second, doing casting and coverage for Shadowverse Evolve Worlds in Tokyo. Um, so if you'd like to to see that and what's what what's all about, um, that's where you can find me there. But other than that, I'll be I'll be uh you know on my on my usuals and i kind of i kind of want to talk more about magic too so i've been i've been really thinking about firing up the old magic channel again i don't know if i have the time and whatever to commit <laughs> to that but i have some ideas i have some actually kind of cool ideas for some magic content that i think it would be like unique in the space so i don't know we'll see sure. but but anyway we'll catch you next week yeah. for a probably a weird episode uh, so stay tuned for that. Either way, you just shake it's It's going to be weird. So um, we'll see you then. I like
0: the weird ones. Yeah, me too.
2: Have a great day, everybody.
0: Absolutely. See you later.